What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness with Sean Ellis Rogers, the podcast where I, your host Sean, dives deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and asks all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're diving into the real reality of Reality Recap. Jenny Blaze from the Bravo and Blaze podcast is back to discuss her experience at BravoCon, the good, the bad, and the empty. She helps me figure out a way that I might actually get my occlusive and agoraphobic ass up and attend BravoCon next year. We discuss her cannabis mom boss movement and the discrimination through legislation that revolves around cannabis and people of color in this country. Jenny elaborates on conversing with the Married to Medicine cast about drugs, pregnancy, mushrooms, ketamine, and a whole lot more. Lock in while I clock in, because Jenny and I are about to get into it. Anita, darling. Sanita. Oh, you have it. Oh, it's from 101 Dalmatians. It's a ah. Anyway, Cruella <laughs> Deville. That's how I'm feeling this morning. <laughs> I do love that movie with um, what's her name? Emma Stone. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, the newer one. Yeah. I, I love the fashion part of it. I haven't seen it yet. What? But I have seen the look. Now, 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 I've seen the clothes, but I haven't seen the movie yet. Because here's the reason why. Blame my husband. Because he's one of those types of people that's like, hey, do you want to watch this with me? And I'm like, sure, of course. Date night, cute, snuggle, whatever. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And then he will take another six months to watch the damn movie. So I feel bad because I don't yeah. want to watch it without him. Yes, I do that too. But my husband does not reciprocate and I have gotten upset. It's annoying. So there is stuff that people are like, why haven't you watched this? Why haven't you watched this? I'm like, go talk to my husband. Don't come to me with that mess. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my business. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. How are you, my love? What's going on? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm in, like, um, well, I'm in my living room because I'm redoing my office, and it's, like, kind of throwing me off. I'm a person who likes structure. I thrive with organization, and Mm -hmm. it just feels very chaotic right now. And Your feng shui is off. Yes. Yes. It's my feng shui. But... You know what? I just, at least I'm aware of it. So I'm just trying to go with it and just kind of navigate. Just Zen Gen out. (laughs) Listen, I don't ever want anybody to take the name Ben again. Ah! (laughs) Because listen, it seems like anybody who takes the name Ben seems like they get more crunk than they've ever been. Yeah, I do. 
See? Look at you. Literally, like, yes, not yet. some people out for no reason. Yeah, two days ago, I just, like, had a mental breakdown or something. I was like, ah! But, um... But I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I'm crazy. At least I know it. Like, we're all working on it. We're on the journey. Like, if you don't have a psychotic break, are you even alive? Are you even breathing? Check your pulse. Yeah. Check your pulse and then check your email. I think you're allowed, like, at least one a year. At least one year. (laughs) Please don't let my husband hear this podcast. (laughs) We're all Because I thought you were about to say, like, one a week. I, I, I was like, yeah, that's fair. One a week. Hey, you're like one a year. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I mean, full meltdown. Like, That's a lot of restraint. Like little meltdowns, That's- probably at least like once a week. Yeah. <laughs> see, I see. I, I'm a hyper anxious, overly analytical Virgo. <laughs> so I'm not gonna make it a whole year. Is now, mind you, so- when you say full breakdown, <laughs> like I can. I deserve at least two of those a year. At least two. Then, But in between though, That's okay. Whatever works best for you. My anxiety is not set up correctly enough to deal with that. I, a, a, a year? I get you. Yeah, you know what? We deserve more than that. My God. <laughs> that's so restraining. Every quarter. Every three months. See that that's fair. At least give me one a quarter. I can see now. I can manage that. I, now that's meeting me halfway. I can meet you halfway. Wait. So did I know that you were a Virgo? Because that might be the reason why we get along so well. Because I'm a Pisces. It, it it we couldn't have known this <laughs> because I have this same conversation with El, with El Murasaki from Housewives and Chit Chat all oh, the I time because she's a Pisces too. I oh. love her. Yeah, I love her. Yes, and we say it all the time. It's that Pisces Virgo thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm that's, so that's glad you, you two are friends. I love her. She's awesome. And yeah. I realized like, oh, this... <laughs> This Bravo community, it looks like there's 10 million Instagram pages with the word yeah. Bravo or Housewives in it. Yeah. But the community of like content creators that are really out here in these streets, yeah. like, is actually really small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is small. Like, even at BravoCon, I kept running into so many people, which you have to go next year. Like, it was. I am considering it. My agoraphobia is fighting me like a demon in the night, but yeah, we're gonna talk so about it. We have a year to pray about it. <laughs> a man but of if, yet, for sure. Well, if I go with you and Philly Diva and L may might be there. Yeah. Oh my talk. God, we're all gonna be there. It's like you can't get away from people you know. It it felt like I was at a wedding. A you know what I mean? Like it was like going to a reunion where Except I didn't go to school with any of these people. We have to make it like that movie Girls Trip next next year. Which one's Girls Trip? It's the one with like Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett oh, yes, Smith, yes, yes. Tiffany Haddish. Oh, when yes, they go to yes, New yes. Orleans for the Essence Festival. I love, is that a real festival? Because I want to go. Yes. I didn't Essence know that. Essence Festival is lit. 
Oh my god, it looks, the festival. it looks more fun than BravoCon, maybe. It, <laughs> trust me, it's definitely less chaotic. I Fest is a real thing. It's Wait, a, when is it? It's an iconic festival. Um, it's usually in the summertime. I can't remember. I think it's like maybe in June or July. I would have to it's check for Miami, sure. Right? Um, they've had it in different places, but uh, I've usually known it to be in like New Orleans. Yeah, I want to go next time. I'm writing it on a list of places to go this year or next year. Yes, because the people have convinced me you're not the only one that's like, you have to go to BravoCon. I was like, oh, my anxiety is not built for that. There's different ways to do BravoCon. I fully believe that every single person there had a different experience, and it's a matter of what you want to get out of it and what you're comfortable with. Because for me, I had SVIP tickets and I thought in my mind that I was gonna like be able to, you know, take my time going to, you know, from panel to panel, that I'd get to sit in the front row. No, it was like fire festival. Somebody said, like, I didn't leave the SVIP lounge because I was like, it's too crazy out there. But then also, the Bravo Lebs, they are assigned to go in the SVIP lounge. So I literally could just sit there, have snacks. They had food. I was eating, I was in line for lunch with Candy Burris and Don. That, see, that's the type of shit I want to do. See, exactly. you had, see, we were, see, full disclosure, people, we were, me and Jenny were talking all through BravoCon. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, like, because I'm actually friends with a lot of these people, like Jenny, like L, like Philly Diva, yeah. Natalie from that turn to talk. Like, y'all are my homies in real life. Yes, absolutely. So, like, I actually check on you, see how you're doing, check on your children. So, like, I was wondering, like, how it was going. And you were, like, this whole time, like, yeah, I was just kicking it with Candy. Me and Contessa are best friends now. Yes. Like, I was, like, you had the BravoCon experience I wanted to have. Or, like, I didn't want to get caught up in the panels and doing all right. of the this and the that right. and the photo booth and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to have the experience of, like, just chilling at craft services yes. and with Candy. Yes. And that's what SVIP Lounge basically is. And I'll have to say, the first day was crazy. I have videos of it, but... Um, and they're they're all on my YouTube and Instagram and everything, but I'm gonna do a full recap and put mm-hmm. everything together because there was just so much going on. But day one of SVIP Lounge was totally empty in the morning when I got there. Um, mm-hmm. So empty that like, it was me, me, Jennifer Aiden and Meredith Marks and like nobody else. And I was like, who do That's I tell you? Like, I didn't That's know. heaven for me. Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm not definitely not going to see Meredith. So I went to I would, Jennifer Aiden. You know what I would have did? Tell me. I would have set up an impromptu interview with the both of them. Oh. I, I would have just... Listen, I record my entire podcast on an iPhone. I'm yeah. always prepared, sister. Yeah. Girls, how y'all doing? Listen, there ain't nobody here. Can I just talk to the both of y'all real quick? Let's just do an impromptu podcast real quick. How y'all doing? What's tea? <laughs> how y'all feeling? What's going on? What coffee you drinking? What's yeah. Poppin'? Oh, I mean, that normally I think I would do that, but it was like, I actually felt bad for them because some of them really had so many people like screaming in their faces. 
like the Beverly Hills cast. I didn't even, (laughs) like the Toms. I just walked by them and girls were screaming in their faces. And Tom Schwartz is true to Tom Schwartz. He can't say no to anyone. So he couldn't even walk. Because they were having a full blown panic attack and just signing interviews. Yeah, he didn't know what to do. He's like taking pictures of everyone, and and somebody who worked there was like, We have to go, we have to go. And he'd be like, Bless his heart. Yeah, it was like too much. And then also, like the Beverly Hills ladies, I didn't even try to go near them because it was too chaotic. (laughs) That's like Black Friday. I just, yeah, I. Pre COVID. Yeah, exactly. I actually. There was, I was in Bravo Palooza with Kyle Richards and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was crowding Kyle, obviously. So I didn't go near her. And like, no one was really near Teddy. Um, but I didn't really want to talk to her because also Toya Bush Harris and Dr. Simone were in there, and Robin and Giselle and Vicky Gumvelson and Amanda Batula. It was like too much. I would have beelined it for the Married to Medicine girl first. Oh, yeah. I was Potomac. Yeah, I just, I actually felt safe with Toya. I was like, can I just sit here? Because I'm like, I'm exhausted. Did you know Toya can fight? Well, I was just like, I don't know. She was just like, yeah, what's going on? And she, we were talking about, um, I told her, you know, I introduced myself to everyone. Said, hi, I'm Jenny Blaze from Bravo and Blaze. I have a podcast where, or I, I told them I'm a cannabis advocate and I have a podcast where I'm, you know, bridging the gap between mainstream pop culture media and the true cannabis industry as an extension of health and wellness. And then that just kicked off all the conversations. And with Toya, she was like, oh my God, you know, I am all for, she basically was saying like, she is pro cannabis, but Eugene is not. And then I, we started talking about mushrooms, like, um, what is it called? Psilocybin? Because um, mm-hmm. people use that for treatment for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and things like that. Um, so I mentioned that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what Dr. Contessa and I were talking about because she is into, you know, like alternative medicine or integrative nutrition or right. integrative medicine. And mm-hmm. like, that goes along with her practice because you know, like people who are, have addictions to alcohol or opioids, a lot of them have been able to use cannabis to get off of those drugs and it saves their lives. And also not just with cannabis, but with psilocybin mushrooms, like magic mushrooms, if you take a small dose, there's ways that um, it can heal your PTSD or any trauma you have. And there's ways to do it. And there's studies that are happening in certain states because it's been decriminalized in some states. It's still, um, I think, federally illegal, but the studies are showing that it's beneficial. So there's also a movement. Yeah, there's a movement behind the cannabis movement for psilocybin. And then even Dr. Contessa took it a step further and she mentioned ketamine treatment. And ketamine mm. is a drug that's used, um, you know, it's kind of, it is a street drug that people use, I guess, but it's yeah. purpose is for medicinal uses. Mm-hmm. So there's ways to use, I guess there's ketamine treatments and that's what I'm hoping to talk to her about more, you know, on my podcast. And I went up to Dr. Jackie, told her how, you know, CPS or not CPS, 
I went to go confirm my um, second pregnancy with my OBGYN and because mm-hmm. I'm a medical marijuana patient, I had THC in my system and they threatened to call Child Protective Services on me. And she goes, yeah, we do that. Like she, she got kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, so uh, I don't know. But then I got into, I said, but Dr. Jackie, I just recently had um, Charali Patel, a uh, the founder and man- managing partner of Blaze Law Firm, a cannabis um, and cannabis advocate who also is now a professor at Rutgers um, Certificate of Law, Cannabis Law. And uh, she told me recently, just in the last few months this year in New York State and in New Jersey, Child Protective Services and agencies are no longer allowed to use THC as grounds or sole basis to take children away from parents because that is still happening all across our country, still in many states. And that's not okay. Like literally to the point where I've talked to women where they, if they are tested and they have THC in their system, some hospitals won't let them breastfeed their child. And even further than that, some of them will take their child away from them. They they have to leave the hospital, go home without their child. Like, that's sick. That's fucking criminal. It's awful. And so, and guess who gets tested more often? The black community and people of color. And being half Asian, half white, I never know what I'm gonna step into when I meet someone new. I don't know what, if they're gonna look at me as a white person or if they're gonna look at me as an Asian person, I really don't know. And so I prepared myself with my third child to confront any of the consequences and blog the F out of that if I had to, you know? Like I'd get the lawyers if I needed to, whatever, I'd go to the media. And, you know, quote unquote, lucky, luckily for me, COVID happened. And really they were just like trying to get everyone out of the hospital because um, there were some COVID patients from New York City who were getting flown into our hospital uh, upstate. So everyone was panicking. I mean, this was before they even mandated masks. And it actually was a couple weeks after in New York State, they tried to take away um, pregnant women from having their partners with them during delivery. Mm-hmm. There were some women in the, in the beginning of COVID who had to be alone during the delivery of their child in the hospital, which is insane to me. Like, that crazy. Way. And not only that, I gave birth right before, like a year and a half before that, mm-hmm. before COVID. And, you know, they help you with your baby when, you know, the first couple of days that you're in there and you get, you can sleep and stuff like that. It was not like that during COVID with my, with my youngest. They were like, they wouldn't even treat me. She put on like a hazmat suit just to come over and take my temperature because I was vomiting. And I said, no, this was happening while I was delivering. It was a different nurse, you know? And so maybe yeah. that, maybe she, that was a case of me being discriminated against, like, they're not taking me seriously. Like I just told you what happened, you know, an hour ago and you just ha- don't, you know, weren't here. And now okay. you're like not treating me. And so 
luckily they didn't test me and I left and like nothing happened. But what if my skin was a different color? What would have happened? And that's what I'm not okay with. And that's why, you know, I feel the privilege that I was able to, you know, not have to deal with those, that harassment and that kind of devastation. But there are people out there who are do that are experiencing this every day still. And it's completely absurd. And that's why I will continue to fight for this cause. How do we get involved? How do we get involved? That's a good question. I mean, there's so many nonprofit groups like Normal, N-O-R-M-L. That's a big one. Um, that's like a, a nationwide organization. And I believe they have different chapters in each state. And like I said, it's the laws are different in every state. So you really have to get involved at the state level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have organizations like the Last Prisoner Project, where um, I think it's run by Steve D'Angelo. He was one of the first people who I think was put in jail for a nonviolent cannabis crime. And he started this organization to get people out of jail for the same thing. Um, he, yeah, so there's still people, I mean, they just, they just expunged all federal cannabis crimes that are nonviolent, but I don't know if that means those people are really out of jail. Right. This just happened a couple weeks ago. So I like, I'd like to see the proof first before I say, oh yeah, they expunged everyone. You know what I mean? So I don't know. We're making progress, but it's like it's way too slow. But I also like we have to celebrate every little win too. So it's tough, but yeah, we're new. Let's just keep fighting. But I was. I mean, did you watch Mary? Did you watch Mary to Matt this week? I have not gotten a chance to watch it yet, but it's definitely at the top of my list. The only reason I'm not watching it is because I'm doing this right now, which I would rather be talking to you. But, (laughs) so I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, but I've been watching Dr. Heavenly's recaps on YouTube because I can watch the recap and not even watch the episode with her half the time. That's so But, huh. I met her too. Uh, I got a picture with her. She was standing there when um, I was talking to Dr. Jackie about it. And when I told her about the laws and how, like, you know, you can't take children away from parents for THC in New York and New Jersey anymore, I was asking her, like, you know, the laws may change in Georgia. You know, what are you guys, what is your practice going to do? And that's when it was like, okay, can we talk about this on the podcast? Right. Can we do this some more else? Yeah, because it was a lot. Because, it, I mean, she kind of, she did come around. At one point, instead of her doubling down and saying, like, yeah, I'm going to call CPS, when I said, like, well, what if the laws change or whatever, that's when she started going into, you know, it's the synapses in the brain that can be affected. And I said, yeah, but aren't, isn't, isn't it true that there aren't enough studies to prove that? And that's when it was kind of like, 
Okay, let's. Okay, now I want to do your podcast. (laughs) I mean, I she didn't really respond, and she did say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, let's do it." And I tagged her in one of my posts, um, and I've been trying to reach out to her, so I'm gonna keep trying. And I hope to, I hope I can talk to Dr. Simone. I, I mean, she was there. I didn't introduce myself because literally it was the last Bravo Palooza of BravoCon, and I was dead. I was dead tired. Even I have a picture of Toya, Dr. Simone, Robin, and and Giselle sitting on a couch across from me because that's how lazy I was. Like I, I was just like whatever. I snapped a picture and like I was just like I don't know what to do with myself. It was great though. Like it was, it was like what I would imagine Burning Man or or Coachella is for people. Cause I don't do that stuff. That's fair. I've been listen. My anxiety literally prohibits me from doing things like that. But the experience seems fun. I would want to have the experience that you have where I go early as hell and there's nobody there and I can sit and just have a quick conversation with people. I don't even want a picture. If you give me five minutes worth of conversation that I can record real quick, you don't even got to do an interview on the podcast. You can just give me a, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Checking in. How you feel about such and such, blah, 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 blah. If you give me a surface interview, five minutes, I'll take that and go on about my business. I, you know what? I think they would appreciate that too because I noticed like they, even James Kennedy, like he was, James Kennedy was so nice and I didn't want, like we were having such good conversation about his sobriety, about what the definition of sobriety even is. I told him how I had a licensed substance abuse counselor on my podcast episode and we use James's storyline from his show as kind of like a case study to for discussion and he was like oh wow and I was like and in the end the conclusion was you know I asked so should James quit weed and the answer was only James can answer that question and James was so he was so happy like his, I could just like sense his energy. He was like, that is so great. And then I didn't want to walk away without a picture. <laughs> like, I kind of felt bad, but, and he did it for me. And like, we, he was posing. He even like did like four different poses. I was like, oh my God, thank you so much, James. He's like, yeah, this, I don't, I'm not going to, like somebody else was about to approach and ask. And he's like, just this one though, because I, I need a break. Because really, I, I mean, they're just literally being bombarded. Dragged all over the Dragged, place. Dragged, yeah. He like walked yeah. in the SVIP and just darted straight to the back of the room. Because I think he was trying to get away from people. Which that I totally get it because I felt the same way. Every time I walked in there, I was like, where's my corner? I need to just get away from people and relax for a second. See, I'm old school. I'm the type of person that instead of the um, tape recorder, I'll be the one with the phone, be like, hey, yeah. uh, Sean from Real Reality Realness, may I get a quick word? No, for recommend. I recommend either, you know what, I'm manifesting a press pass for you. So I don't know how you do that, but I'm manifesting that for you because that 
would be the least anxiety inducing, I think, because then you're just backstage. Yeah, because that's really all I want. Like, I, I like, I, I don't want pictures. I, 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 you could, yeah, I mean, you probably could get pictures backstage too, but then I don't know. I, I don't know how they pick who they include as press because I was, you know, like investigating obviously to try to figure it out and I haven't, but um, it was just interesting. Like, why is this person press, but this person isn't press and I couldn't figure it out. And I almost want to like write down like people's numbers and stuff and see if it's a numbers thing. But um, I just found it very interesting. Um, But if you don't do press, the next best thing is definitely SVIP. Because then you can I would love to say, do press. Yeah, it's that was the best. Because I can just scoot in, ask my little questions, cool out, and go on about my business and not have to be amongst all the conflama and the drama. Yeah, so. it's crazy. I mean, there's supposed to be certain, I mean, it was kind of chaotic. I don't know who they like hired to run the show literally but like it was employees didn't know what was going on like I don't think they were prepared for our madness is pretty much what I'm getting (laughs) because they were like clueless they even outside one of them gave me um like their sheet of paper that their manager gave them to show like what each wristband meant and everything (laughs) I'm like, wow. what is this? This is so crazy. But I was told that there were people there who were working for BravoCon who didn't even know who certain housewives were, like, didn't even know who people were oh to direct God. them on, like, how to get to their booths or, like, how to get to, like, their little stations or whatever. Oh and God. it was like, you work here? Why can't you help me? Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, even at one point in SVI, like I, people started to think that I worked there because literally I was working. I was working BravoCon. Like I was carrying swag bags. I had, I was going up to every single person and introducing myself except for Shep. Um, which I think bothered him, but that's right. But yeah, they were like, people were look, looking to me for answers. And I was like, why are you asking me? Because you're the only one that looks like you know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> Even Lindsay Hubbard, she came in, I introduced myself, <laughs> and like, and she, um, there was some guy who like had an earbud or something, like he looked like he, he might work there, I don't know. And I've never seen him before and I've been in the SVIP room like for three days. And he's like, um, Lindsay, um, can you i didn't even like really hear what he was saying because he was like talking so quietly she's like what and i go i think he's trying to tell you that he wants you to go to the step and repeat so that you could take pictures with all the people who are in line and she's like oh i see what's going on like she didn't they were like they would walk in the svip room and not know what it was and just be like, what am I doing here? But Why am I here? Yeah, and then when people would crowd around them, it was like they had nowhere to go. They were like trapped. Right. Wow, that's um, chaotic. Yeah. And that's why Bravo Palooza, I, I, I think I might have had a panic attack because it was just too oh much. God. It's also with Bravo Palooza, 
it's basically the same as SVIP, except the people who come in can be general admission, regular VIP or SVIP. And some of them haven't been there for three days, so they're extra hyped. And even like Giselle and Robin, they look dead. They they were like, I I didn't even want to go talk to them. I gave them a gift and introduced myself, but I didn't ask them for a picture or anything. And they're like, somebody with them was like, they're on a break, which is ridiculous because literally they're working at Bravo Palooza. But she's like, um, I was like, oh no, I I wasn't going to ask for a picture. I just wanted to give you a gift and introduce myself and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay. You gift? (laughs) They were nice when I gave them gifts. Vicky was cool too. I was surprised. It was like kind of chaotic with her because we were like, I didn't, I was like, I don't know, should I go talk to her? And somebody was like, yeah, let's go. And I was like, okay. I don't don't even know who it was who went with me and they were holding my phone, taking pictures. And then um, I was like, oh, do you want to take, or can we take a picture? She's like, sure. And then she goes live on IG. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I don't know what to do now. And so I'm like in the IG live in a super awkward way. It's just so weird. I don't even know. It's on her feed if you want to see it. That's so funny. That's so funny. I love that for you, though. It was great. I literally, like, I can't wait for next year. I'm already planning my outfits. See, you've kind of, like, made me, like, reconsider wanting to go to BravoCon. Because, like, I would do it sort of like that. Like, where I would just want, like, instead of pictures, I would just want a bunch of little clips of, like, me, like, doing quick check-ins with, with you know, people. Yeah. Hey, how's your day going? Hey, what do you expect for the day? Hey, how's your weekend been so far? Yeah. And just literally like just those little clips and just create a montage of that. And like just release it as one big episode of me just talking to everybody at BravoCon. Maybe you can propose that to them. That's really what I want to do. Yeah, maybe you can find the right connections in the next year. I mean, we have a full, almost a full year. Oh, we got like 11 months now. But yeah, we have time. You have time to do it. I think can do it yeah because i don't even want like pictures like 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 i'm literally not the girl for that like i don't want pictures i don't want to you know stand in the press line and do the step and repeats and all of that i really just want to go and like talk to the people real quick and just wear a cute outfit yeah that's really it. like just wear a cute outfit and go and talk to the people child that's really yes it. oh my god i would love that yeah, like just because re- you know my anxiety can only handle so much. So that's about all I can really give to y'all. Like I don't need to be seen. I just want to be heard real quick. <laughs> but now, last time you were on, I didn't get to ask you about this, and we were talking about your cannabis activism earlier. So I wanted you to tell me about Cannabis Moss. Oh, Cannabis Mom Boss. That's my, um... Cannabis Mom Boss. Excuse me. I knew I had that wrong. I was like, no, there's no okay. way that I got that right on the first try. No, it's okay, because I, I use the term Cannamom, which I did not make up. I'm, I'm not trying to take credit for that. Um, but Patent that, pending. She coined it. No, <laughs> Someone might have it trademarked. I don't know. 
but it's um yeah it's kind of like an underground community that's trying to come out but like can't because social media censors shames you yeah Yeah, so like what i've noticed you know from my experience doing you know trying to be a cannabis advocate on social media is there are ways around it to like still get your message across but avoid some of the things that get you canceled on or shut down or whatever on social media so um because they flag certain things like if you are blatantly smoking weed on camera and you have big letters that say weed or you know like whatever they're gonna flag you and you're gonna probably get shut down but if you do it in if you do it in strategic ways then you can you know get around it and that's what i've been working on but with cannabis mom boss that was that's like an extension of my brand um, Bra- so I'm Jenny Blaze and Bravo and Blaze is my, you know, my passion about Bravo and kind of me trying to show who I am, you know, with the Bravo community. But what I offer as far as my professional services and helping others and teaching them how to be empowered to be an entrepreneur and to safely and confidently come out of the quote-unquote green closet as a cannabis consumer <laughs> that's pretty that's my intention with cannabis mom boss and i started i did a small series of interviews with some other fellow well some of them are cannamoms, some are not um but you don't have to be a cannamom you don't have to be a mom or even a female to you know get something out of cannabis mom boss it's just i just am calling myself the cannabis mom boss i guess (laughs) but it's like an intersection of my professional experience in the corporate world as an it consultant for over 15 years with big four consulting firms like accenture capgemini price waterhouse coopers or pwc and um bringing my cannabis advocacy into it and really helping people live a more healthy holistic life because another part of my experience is as a um i pursued an education in nutrition and wellness entrepreneurship with the institute of integrative nutrition i've completed my 200 hour hot yoga instructor training um yeah congratulations thank you healthy living is really my underlying like I guess uh, goal or motivation is I've always been on this quest to find you know whatever the whatever ultimate wellness and health is and what I found through my journey is that it's different for everyone and it's different for everyone at different times too you know like what used to work for me 10 years ago is different now because I've had three pregnancies since then and you know I'm now I'm 40 so there's you know our bodies change and things like that and also not just physically emotionally mentally spiritually and financially like all of those aspects of our life I feel like really contribute to our overall wellness and health like I the you know I could be in the best shape of my life but if I'm 
all alone and don't feel like I'm part of a community, then am I really healthy? You know, that's right. That causes depression and, you know, that leads to other things. And, you know, so it's just about how do you live a well-rounded, balanced life and what is balance for each individual? It's different. What do you recommend somebody... Well, what do you recommend as a first step for somebody to take towards starting that journey? Towards ultimate wellness, I would say um, do an assessment of where you're at right now in your life. Like what makes you happy? What doesn't make you happy? Like just check in with how you're feeling mentally and emotionally. Is there something missing? Do you have like some like, you know, unresolved conflict with a relationship that's important to you or you know, like we all have different things going on. So, and sometimes I feel like we might try to avoid things, but ultimately it like just wears us down because we're not able to heal and move on. And it comes back to get us later on, you know, like, like my mental breakdown a couple days ago, I was like, I'm, I've been sick. You know, I, we had BravoCon, so I'm like depressed. It's like getting dark out. I'm having seasonal depression. My mother was judging me for my past alcohol abuse and making me feel like I wasn't supported. And I snapped. But I apologized. (laughs) And I'm aware of what I, you know, like I, it was, I was at a point where it was like a pressure cooker and it was too much. And that's when I realized also rest, taking it easy, maybe like not promising to do so many things is also important too. How do you think people should acknowledge their red flags or their triggers along the way so they don't compound themselves into a blow up like what you had? Well, actually I think to be honest, watching Bravo helps with that. And I'll tell you why. So when I watched, when I started really, like, really, really binging, because I've always watched Bravo for years and years, but I always started really binging, like, when COVID happened. And I took note of whenever I would have any kind of emotional reaction, whether it was, like, something that made me laugh And I would also gauge like what makes me really laugh and then also what's kind of like a chuckle, you know? And then also (laughs) like what things make me sad or or like, or like happy. Like I think I'm very sensitive. So things will bring me to tears. Like the other day I was watching Bling Empire and the Chews got some bad news about their fertility. And I was like, you know, crying. And then I see Jamie walk in with this nose ring hanging off her face and I couldn't stop laughing. So like, (laughs) I just think about, I start to break it down from there. Like, okay, obviously the fertility thing, I'm crying because that I have an emotional connection to my own fertility and like what has happened to me in the past. And so I have empathy. And then seeing like Jamie walk in (laughs) with that thing hanging off her face, it was just so funny because she's like, her character, she's young and she's like the daughter of this 
billionaire who invented VPN and like doesn't know like normal life. And it's just like mm-hmm. she comes walking in with this thing hanging off her nose and she's just like, I don't know, what do you think about it? And it made me laugh so hard because if my daughter, my daughter's like, she goes to public school. Like she's not a billionaire's daughter, right? She has a way different life than Jamie does. And if she was walking around with that thing on her nose, like I just feel like it would be a completely different experience. So funny. But it makes me so- like those things make me laugh. And then it makes me think, you know, like it helps me reflect on like myself more, you know? And it seems very like I sound very narcissistic, but I feel like it's a healthy narcissism. So, like that you can be narcissistic in a healthy way. That's like, I'm trying to better myself and I'm trying to like be good. Right. Like there's a difference be- between being self-focused and self-absorbed. <coughs> yes. In my opinion. Yeah. Do you have any shows that you recommend for like the balance of like, you know, do you have shows that you would recommend to like lift your spirits versus shows that you recommend to like help you go into a more self-reflective place? On Bravo? Well, specifically Bravo, since you are Bravo and Blaze, or just across reality TV, because this is real reality realness. Yes. Chabber? Um, so... I think Beverly Hills and New Jersey Housewives are super toxic. And if you are in the mood to fight, you should probably go watch those. Um, If you want to kind of feel like you're on vacation, I feel like Below Deck is nice for that. Okay. I like like a million dollar listing for the business side of things. Like, I like to see, you know, how much real estate costs and things like that. So if you're like an entrepreneur, then I think that's like a good one to watch. Um, Family Karma. Have you seen that one? I know of it, but I haven't seen it. Family Karma is so good in a way that it's like you get to see generation, generational relationships and like traditional cultures from other countries and how they're like the dynamic with trying to modernize that culture in the U.S. And as a child of a Korean immigrant, I can really relate to that. And I find it very like extremely fascinating because the 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 parents in Family Karma, they're just as much a part of the storylines and the you know the whole show as much as like their children who are you know like our age Mm, love that yeah can i ask you something as an asian woman sure how are you feeling about crystal coming off right now um i just talked to her the other day so i like her (laughs) You're good with her right now. Okay, good. I mean, I never really... Well, wait, I did have... I did feel kind of a certain way on her first season, but I can't remember what it was. It was something with... Um, she said something like, no one even knows who she is. Who was, she, was she talking about Garcelle? I, I'm not exactly sure. 
I don't know. It was something that I was just like, I don't like that. But um, overall, overall, I've I've liked Crystal. I've never really disliked her. And I think she's, I like that she's younger because she gives a, like that millennial take on things. And I appreciate oh. that. So I'm going to, um, I have some very strong feelings about Crystal. Tell me. Right now. Um, (laughs) I liked her a lot her first season, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this season was not my favorite of hers, for one. And then two... Some things that she, uh, the first part of the reunion, she really triggered me a lot. She really triggered me a lot. What happened in the first part? To be honest, I I don't pay attention that much because I, it's like my least favorite show. It, that's fair. Um, she was, she has a very, she has a habit of contradicting herself. And she has a habit of conflating two things that are completely separate as the same to try to make people go towards the way that she believes about things. Hmm. And it becomes really frustrating when she implies something when she just doesn't want to look, when it it comes off that she just doesn't want to look a certain way. So she just says things to make it look like it's not about her, it's about the other person. But then when it comes back to her, she'll try to change it when she has no other choice but to either admit fault or 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 change the narrative to, to something else to make her not look guilty. Do you get what I mean? Hmm, can you tell me an example? Um, For me, the biggest example was the whole Sutton, <laughs> the whole problematic statement, and did she say something racist, and what did she say, and what was this, and what was that. The entire storyline, as I as I interpreted it from what was shown on the screen in an edited TV show, giving all, all of those caveats, mm-hmm. um, was based on the conversation that we saw of Sutton saying that there were girls of different races in a jacuzzi together and that's how it should be. Based on that conversation, she's saying that something she said in that conversation was problematic and dark, right? Yeah, She specifically said, that's the thing, right? Follow me. She specifically said that she specifically said on the show that Sutton said something dark and she said something problematic, right? Yeah. She never said what it was. Yeah. Right? Never said what it was. Then we get to the reunion. Kyle blatantly says to her, do you or did you think or did you want us to believe that Sutton said something racist? And she says, no, my experience from the conversation was what was, 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 was what I interpreted as, as problematic. She says at the reunion, she never said anything specific that was dark, 
but yet you built your entire problem with crystals or, or, or crystal built her entire problem with Sutton this season on something that she allegedly said that was ra- that, that was problematic and dark verbatim she said Sutton said something problematic mm. so you get to the reunion and then you blatantly contradict that statement because you don't want to look like the girl that's trying to pin racism on Sutton allegedly you think that's what it is I think that's just the start of it. But I did a whole episode of my podcast that was an open letter to Crystal because she triggered me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like the whole saying that requesting Michael Jackson music is problematic. Is it? Can you answer that question for me? Is it? That pissed me off as a black person. Okay. And let me tell you why. Because as a black person and as somebody from a minority group who was racially profiled and put in prison and locked away for life because of just fitting a profile or being accused of something in the name of Emmett Till, that was problematic as fuck. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That real, like, that is the reason why I did that episode. So, like, I don't understand. Like, based on, based on Crystal's logic, Somebody should be canceled because they have accusations against them, whether they've been acquitted, whether whether they've ever been proven guilty, whether there's ever been any real evidence or or anything. Just because there's accusations, now you supporting that person is problematic. So based on her logic, Candy Burris should be canceled for what Phaedra did in season nine. Makes sense. Also her husband should be too because wasn't she underage when she met him hello just saying like i don't have facts for that so i don't always throw that type of stuff around but i do but i do agree with everything that you're saying like I yeah i don't know if that's I true about it. i don't but, know if that's true either can we cut that part out <laughs> well i'll say allegedly okay. but allegedly she was underage when she met her husband so, is it giving, what's the dude that married his um, stepdaughter? Ew, Mary Cosby? No, <laughs> not Mary Cosby. But what's the um, what's the Hollywood producer that raised oh, his adopted daughter and then married her? Woody Allen. Harold, Woody Allen. I keep wanting to say Woody Harrelson, but- That's uh, the other guy. That's the boy that wasn't the name. Jump. Right. <laughs> So I was like, I, I knew that it wasn't Harrelson, but I knew that his name was Woody, and I couldn't think of the other name. Woody Allen. So it's given very that. So allegedly, you in her situation. So like, she needs to think about the stuff that she says because you implicate and incriminate people based on some shit that you want to say just to not make yourself look crazy or to not admit that what you're saying is a mess. Like to me, she represents the millennials who who the older generation she's the example that they go to when they're like oh see that's what we're talking about she always makes she makes a problem out of anything she always finds something to be mad about Kyle said it verbatim on the show she's a millennial that always has something to be mad about she represents that stereotype and to me Crystal invalidates the real conversations that need to be happening around race because of the the shit that she wants to 
want to throw out just to make her not just to make herself not look like oh I shouldn't have said that like she's the one that's actually kind of clumsy with her words if you want to go there Mm. I never thought about that and it really pissed me off like I would like I like Crystal liked Crystal but that first part of that reunion really took me over the edge in a deep way like it really took me over the edge in a deep way because it was like several different things like you contradicted yourself several times just like let's take race out of it for a second when you try to conflate Sutton bringing you your jacket and accidentally invading your personal space to Kyle's home being broken into as the same thing just so you can destigmatize the word violate being overdramatic that's where I gotta put a pause on you did she bring that up because nobody else brought that up she brought that up yes Crystal is the one that said weren't you the one that said you felt violated when your home got broken into and then Kyle said yes I got violated I I felt violated because my home got broken into not because somebody brought me a jacket Oh, yeah, okay, I remember. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's not the same thing. You can't do that. Like, at the end of the day, I understand where... See, here's the problem with with Crystal. She will invalidate very, very true points with the extra shit. Like, I can agree with you. Like, like I, I can agree with you that violated was the right word because... By definition, by textbook definition, an invasion of personal space is a violation, right? Sutton came into your room without being cleared to come in while you were naked. You dealt with assault issues. You dealt with the ED. So I understand where you're coming from in that regard, right? However, it is not the same thing as somebody's actual safety possibly being put at risk. There was no time where Sutton was going to come in there and do nothing to you. So, I can there be different severities or intensities of being violated? Yes. Yeah. But that's my point. Yeah, she's... Crystal she's tries to make it one blanket statement, yeah. and I say there's degrees. Like, like, yeah. like there's first degree violation, second degree yeah. violation, third degree violation, but it's not a blanket thing. I got you. I got you. So you don't like that she's not acknowledging that there are different severities in this situation, which is, yeah, clearly it's... It's all about a lack of accountability for me. Crystal will say these things that are super inflammatory and super huge and big just so so she doesn't have to take accountability for, for the thing that she said or did was wrong. Like, at the end of the day, Sutton never said anything problematic. But instead of owning up to what Garcelle said about no matter what you said, no no matter what Sutton said, you were going to jump on her about being that girl that, does, that, that doesn't see color. Instead of just owning that, you decided to say that Sutton said something so problematic that you can't even repeat it on television. Even though they aired the scene on TV and nothing problematic was said and she was asked directly based on the footage that we saw on tv what was problematic about that was it because she said chinese girl instead of asian she never said i think sutton said there was a chinese girl i think that's what it is because 
Well, I wish Crystal would have said that. Because if the girl wasn't Chinese, yeah, part of it. Yes, and that is that is something that happens as an Asian that happens a lot. And I'm almost like numb to it because I'm half, so like I've gotten it from both sides to the point where like it's become numb, and I'm just at 40 years old starting to unpack like all of that like racial trauma that I've had growing up. Like I kind of just numbed it out to survive, I think. But now I'm like seeing things that were really, really messed up that my quote unquote friends were saying to me. And it it is like that mistake to say someone's like Chinese instead of saying Asian that I've seen so much my entire life growing up mm-hmm. that it's like I'm not even triggered anymore, you know? Like, but I can see someone who's full Asian, maybe they've had enough, you know? Like, but I see, the problem is that's not the issue, though. Like, is that an issue? Is that, I want to yes. know if that but is. But that was not Crystal's issue. Yeah, like, what, we had enough. Issue? I still don't understand. The only thing that Crystal said in the scene at the moment when Sutton said that in real time was, while I think that that's good what you're saying, I think that that's not enough, which I agree with. I agree that it shouldn't be a miracle or something that that's a grand statement that girls of different races are sitting in a hot tub together. I think it's almost cringy that you feel the need to say that. Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> Is that problematic? No. Is it just cringy as fuck? Yes. Yeah. But is it well-intentioned? Absolutely. Right? But he's saying, but saying but she's never without knowing if But see, that's the thing. That could be problematic. Because that, that could, could be, be like problematic. He's saying, um, oh, look at that Oriental girl, which people do that too, when Oriental is a word to describe like an object, like a that is drug or something. So to say someone's an oriental person, that is, could be taken as offensive. So I yeah, I get, I, I do wonder if that's, if Sutton knew if that girl was Chinese or if she was just Asian and said she was Chinese. Not I think that's very problematic and I do think that that is an issue however I can't give Crystal an out for saying that's her issue when it when it was never said and she's had multiple times to say that that was the problem you know what I'm saying like I can point that out you would say that like that would be very easy to explain like I can point that out as something that Sutton did that was an issue but she's had an entire year to say that and nobody ever brought that up to the point where she literally but see the point is crystal backtracked so hard to where she backpedaled enough to say that sutton never said anything that was problematic and dark you went that far back to build the entire season on saying that sutton said something dark Mm -hmm. something said something worse Sutton said something problematic and then to get to the season to get to the reunion and then say that your entire feeling and the whole reason you said all of this was because the feeling that you took from the conversation was dark and the feeling that you took from the experience was dark once again not 
the same thing as something somebody audibly verbatim said. Your experience is not the same thing as something that somebody said. You can walk away feeling a certain type of problematic way based on something. Like, I would go away from Sutton saying, oh, these girls of different races are in in a jacuzzi together, feeling problematic from that. Because that's something that you just shouldn't have to say. However, I can acknowledge that Sutton didn't say anything problematic. Do you get what I'm um, saying? So (laughs) She's making those two things the same thing. So somebody said, or I saw read something that the girl in question that Sutton was talking about was in fact Sutton's daughter's friend who is Asian and said she couldn't be friends with her anymore because of her mother's like racist comments or something. I don't know if that's true, but I've never heard that. Yeah, I did see something like that. And I, so that. And it makes me wonder if Sutton maybe did say something else and Crystal doesn't want to repeat it because she said, I don't want to repeat it. Didn't she? Well, let me be very clear. Well, well, before we go on, let me be very clear. This is not a defense of Sutton or an attack on Crystal. This is a semantics issue because things like this, based on the little things that you say can have bigger implications and be taken and twisted so many different ways later on based on the context. So it's really a more so me trying to get to the very point of like, the things that you say can make people apply certain things. And that's the whole point of what everybody kept saying the entire time. You saying that she said something dark and problematic and then not saying what she said automatically leads us to think that she said something racist. And that's the problem is she's not saying what it is. And then you say the whole season that she said something darker, said something darker, said something problematic. And then you get your ass on the reunion and are asked directly, did she say something? What did she say? And then you backpedal so far to say that she never said anything that was dark and problematic. Your experience or what you took from that conversation was dark. Those are not the same thing, Crystal. You're conflating those two things as the same thing. Do you think that Beverly Hills is so popular because of these, like, these debates over semantics? Because I feel like that's what Beverly Hills is now, isn't it? Yes, but here's the problem. They spent damn near 10 minutes talking about Crystal and this bullshit about her saying what Sutton did was racist and problematic and they spent only two seconds talking about Garcelle and her damn son. They, but they want to sit here and, and direct the the um, shit to Diana wanting her name scrubbed from a fucking post and not focusing on the severity of a, of a, of a 14-year-old child being attacked. Yeah, they want to was... sit here and focus on Rena recycling instead of the fact that this black woman's book was thrown in the fucking trash and then they sit here and make a whole storyline based off of bullshit. But y'all want to sit here and discredit her thinking that there's a scam or a scheme to get her off of this show. That's the problem, is that they sit here focused on Crystal and that conversation about race, and it invalidates the real conversation that really needs to be happening around Garcelle. Yes. I take big issue with that. Yes. Because now we've spent all this time talking about this bullshit about some racist shit that was never said, instead of talking about the real racist shit that was actually done. Yes, I agree. I take big problem with that. So it's people like Crystal who I keep saying invalidate the real conversations they need to be having. Like I've said it before, 
I'm not like, like I may be reaching, but the shit that she's doing gives give SJWT. Like, girl, calm down. Calm down and really think about what you're saying. What about Andy, though? Like, shouldn't he be... Oh, I did an open letter to his ass, too. Oh, Oh, don't think I didn't forget. (laughs) Don't think I let his ass get away. Don't think I let his... There's a whole open letter to his ass, too. (laughs) Because I think that as the person who is at the head of this table, it's time out for your ass being, oh, I'm just a white guy that doesn't know any better. I was white, so I wasn't raised in these circles. You are in a position of power. You are the executive producer. You are the person who, as Brenna Verbatim says, gave these women their lives. So how is it that you can sit here and go on people's podcasts and people's shows and brag about watching the dailies and teasing the new seasons, but sit here and let this problematic shit go to air? Yeah. See what I'm saying? You can't sit here and sit here and be the head of the table and then sit here and be the person to want to call for diversity. Just like that bullshit ass statement you made at the reunion about, oh, by the way, Oh, by the way, on the behalf of Bravo, we don't condone death threats. That's not a throwaway statement, Andrew. That's not some shit you just say, oh, by the way, now that we're about to go to commercial, we don't condone that over here down to the Bravo. We don't condone, we don't do racism down over here. That's not some shit you just throw away, especially after you just got finished questioning why would Lisa Renna even speak out about it in the first place? This is why I don't watch Beverly Hills. See what I'm saying? Just kidding. I I watch it, but I might. (laughs) (laughs) No, I literally stopped watching. Like I watched the reunion just because I wanted to have an opinion. Big because I was talking to people uh, 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 about the show. There were people who were coming on the podcast who were specifically talking about the reunion. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be informed. Yeah, but. I did one open letter to um, Crystal and then turned around and did a second one to Andy. And not only did I use this reunion as an example for Andy, I used a lot of the black women who he's mishandled on this franchise. Not only Garcelle, but Candace Dillard Bassett, Monique Samuels, Ebony K. Williams. These are several black women who he has mishandled and let suffer the bullshit of the fandom because of some just because you want to cozy up and do other stupid ass shit and be worried about the shade and the mess instead of having the real conversation. Can you try to get Nene on your show? Um, I would love to have a conversation with Nene. I absolutely would have her on my show. I'll send her an email just because you think that I could actually get her on my show. Uh, I'll do it, but do it. See if she'll have you seen my video on Nene. No. Okay, good. Hopefully, she hasn't either. Ah, no. I'm. Why do you think I should have her on? Side of like this whole lawsuit that happened between her and Bravo. Like, she got. I think there's a. I think that there's a lot of questions that she can't answer. Yeah, I know. That's why I just want to like. So I would love to have a conversation with her, but I know that the questions I want to ask her, she can't answer right now. Yeah, probably. Especially because she just went on camera recently and said that the lawsuit isn't over specifically. There's a, there's just a part of it that was dropped and then they're still working on some legal things. So she can't talk to me right now, even if she wanted to. Yeah. Not, not to me anyway. 
Hmm, bummer. I would love to pick Nini's brain. Yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on my open letter to Andy Cohen as somebody of a different racial minority who has shitty representation yeah. on Bravo. Oh, there's a new Asian girl. That... There's a new Asian girl in Winter House. Rachel, did you see that? That's... I did not because I don't watch Winter House, but, but congratulations to her. Hopefully she's a good one. Because yeah. I do think that I'm someone who acknowledges that the racial biases at Bravo don't just stop and start at Black people, but I don't want to speak for the Asian community. So I directed my open letter to Bravo specifically from the Black perspective. So I would love for you to listen to that and then give me your perspective as an Asian woman. Because I think that there's a lot of y'all y'all somebody need to be speaking out for y'all and I want to do it but I want to have permission and be informed and really have the true facts and the issues of what your plight is versus just speaking out about what I see as a problem yeah I mean speaking for your community yeah, there's a lot of problems. I mean, there's problems within the own, our own community too. Oh, 100%. Because I, because I, not only do I hold people who aren't black accountable, trust me, the black community don't like me either because I tell them that they full of shit too. <laughs> they don't like me either, especially on TikTok. Black folks don't like me on TikTok because my ass done got down there and read it. Since the whole Will Smith slap happened, black folks turned on me. Uh-oh. Because I was like, if y'all really think that the only way that y'all can deduce to figure out this issue is to resort to violence, then there's less hope for the Black community than I thought. There's more than one way to skin a cat, and the only way that y'all are going to decide to do it is to resort to Black-on-Black violence, which you try to revolt the white community for thumbing you down on in the first place. Oh, but you, uh, down, but you get mad when but y'all get mad at stereotypes, but yet in this moment, you decide to subject yourself to the very stereotypes that gets us murdered every fucking day. And, and y'all mad at me? Oh, okay. Sorry. This is what I mean by I'm human resources. I hold everybody accountable. I ain't got no favorites around here. By the way, I ain't got no favorites. Before we go, because I have to go, but I wanted to tell you something. So I was in line to get um, a picture at the Vanderpump Rules photo booth. And the guy behind me, he was like so excited and happy. And I was like, oh, um, do you work with Bravo? And he's like, I'm part of the social responsibility team with NBC. And I was like, oh, I was like, I got to talk to you. And I started going like into it. And he was like, I actually am only an executive assistant. Okay, so who do I need need who do I need to talk to in your department? Yeah, I and that's I, I ain't gonna tell you to say their name, but I'm gonna tell you to send me their information offline. Yeah, and then he uh, well I didn't get any information because I had to go um it was my turn to do the picture and then like I don't, I don't know, it was chaos. But um and then during I don't know if it was Andy's I think it was during Andy's Legends Ball, mm-hmm. he mentioned HR. And so that to me him purposely calling out hr is an indication to me that he is aware of the concept of human resources and what their job is supposed to clearly so that's what i was like whoa okay 
all right, so they have a social responsibility team and we know that they have human resources and he even mentioned it on the reunion, right? They said they they did an investigation or whatever with human resources. That's who who did the investigation with HR. Yep, so that's where I'm like, okay, maybe there's something. Yeah, maybe there's something bigger going on. I need an interview and I need a job application. That's (laughs) the job that I want. Y'all want to know who the biggest interview at Bravo I, I, I want is the head of the social responsibility department. Yes. That's who yeah. I want to talk to at Bravo. Yes. I don't want to talk to nobody else. That's who I want to talk to. And I also want a job application. Where do I apply? <laughs> I don't because know, but I'll help you look. Y'all need a big mouth black girl in y'all department. <laughs> clearly. I would love that. So I'll help you look. Offline. Please and thank you. Because I, cause it, like, seriously, people will say to me all the time, well, if you don't like it, don't watch. If you don't like it, don't watch. And mind you, now that I'm doing this podcast five days a week, sweetheart, in the style of a talk show, clock it, <laughs> I don't watch. I ain't got time. <laughs> I ain't got time. I do not have time, darling. So I'm not watching. Y'all don't get my Booked rating. Booked and busy. Booked and busy and blessed, okay? <laughs> we love a real, we love just all the bees over here we just, period anyway billionaires all of that bravos now, blazes bravos blazes bookings blessings billionaires bitches they love it all that now my thing is though like I do love the HCU like I affectionately call this whole world the housewives cinematic universe like I love housewives I love female ensemble television do I watch reality shows outside of this yes I love love and hip hop okay oh I but used to how... huh I used to watch that but when Jennifer you... got a drink thrown in her face by her husband oh yeah I remember that yeah by lump face <laughs> anyway Anyway, God bless him I do and his to, friends. <laughs> I do have to run though, but okay. I don't. Listen, yeah, listen, I that's to... a great place. That's a great place to leave it off. We'll connect offline. Jenny has committed to helping me cure the Bravo mm-hmm. curse. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tell the people where they can find you and all of your products, all of your things, all of your pages, all of your podcasts, mm-hmm. all of the things of the day. I have so many things. Um, I'm on YouTube at um, Jenny Blaze. I have on my YouTube, I have Bravo and Blaze and my Cannabis Mom Boss podcast. And I also have them available as audio. Well, not, I'm going to have Cannabis Mom Boss available on audio next season, but all of Bravo and Blaze is available on Apple. Uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. I don't know any of the other ones. Apple, did I say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All um, the places of the places. Yeah, also my blog is at bravoandblaze.com where I also have merch that you can shop for. And like the Bravo and Blaze lighter, which I want one. Yes, and I'm going I, and getting one today. I was giving those out at BravoCon, actually. I'm going to have to send you one because they're not up on my shop, but I will send you one. Oh, thank you. But yeah, and then um, I think that's it, right? That's I have so many things going on. I don't even know. 
just look up Jenny Blaze and Bravo and Blaze and yes. trust me you'll find all all the th- things of the things and there'll be at yeah. least one of her links that'll lead you to the other six okay. degrees of separation yeah Twitter Instagram TikTok Facebook I don't know Pinterest maybe I might be on Pinterest that's where I'm going to follow you with Pinterest <laughs> that's where I'm going I love Pinterest it's very underrated I spend more time on Pinterest than I do anything else, especially now that they've kicked me off, off of Twitter forever. But you guys, did? I'm completely off of Twitter forever. Like, oh. they've kicked me off. I, I don't know what I did now, but I'm kicked off of Twitter forever. So fuck you guys. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram at realrealityrealness.sir. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, well, thank yeah. you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on to recap your reality with me. I appreciate you. You're the homie. We're going to talk again. I'll apply to your DMs later. (laughs) Sounds good. Love you, babe. Talk soon. Bye. All right, everybody, that was my conversation with Jenny Blaze from Bravo and Blaze and the Cannabis Mom Boss Podcasts. I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, because I love not only getting to get to know and hang out with different content creators, but I love having my friends and friends of the show come back and shoot the shit on the pod especially in conversations like this where we get together to have a con- a casual excuse me conversation about someone's experience at BravoCon or what they've been watching on TV and we end up having this really impactful conversation about the discrimination and legislation happening to people of color about cannabis and we end up talking about having you know the nuances and the updates going on medically surrounding around mothers smoking weed while they're pregnant and how the opinions on that grow and vary even through the medical professionals perspectives i absolutely love when a casual conversation grows or goes left because it always leads for something bigger and better than I would have ever imagined coming from the conversation. And I can't tell you how grateful that makes me every single time that happens. But leave it to Jenny, we're always gonna go there because she's the person who always knows how to inject humor, cannabis, and real talk into any conversation. So make sure you guys follow her on Bravo and Blaze on Instagram. Make sure you're subscribed to both of her podcasts, Bravo and Blaze, and the Cannabis Mom Boss. Also, while you're at it, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, Real Reality Realness, and my sister podcast, Housewives History with Megan and Sean. New episode just dropped. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at Real Reality Realness and HousewivesHistory.ms. If you want to follow us personally, our personal Instagram are in both of those bios. I appreciate every single one of you guys for being here. I love every single one of you from the bottom of my green heart emoji. And I always want to remind you every episode to be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. I am Sean Ellis Rogers. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you. Bye. Peace.